welcome to Two Courageous Minds with me, Nancy. And me, Keisha. This is where we have vulnerable and candid conversations about mental health, relationships, and everything in between. So come join us as we help you embrace and navigate life by inspiring you to be mentally courageous. Welcome to another episode of Two Courageous Minds. It's Nancy here, and today we have a very special guest. He's a psychotherapist, a quantum energy healer, and he's worked with people from all walks of life. He is also my high school chemistry buddy, so welcome Cheyenne to our pod. Hello, hello. Is there any other qualifications that I've missed? Are you like a psychic or (laughs) anything else, like a doctor? Uh, An aspiring psychic, yes. Uh, Definitely working on that. Cool. I was just so curious, curious B. That's all I can say. It's just always curious. good to be curious. So, um, really excited to have you on this episode because in today's episode, um, we're going to be talking about finding our authentic self and our purpose in life. But before we jump into that, I just want to say, like, I-, I feel like in a lot of relationships in life, people tend to drift apart. And I know you and I have kind of that sort of happened with us. Um, We were high school chemistry buddies. And um, over the years, you've gone to do your own thing. I've gone to do my my own thing. And you do live in a completely different country than than I do. But I've always, I don't think I've ever told you this, like, we actually just reconnected a couple weeks ago. But I've never told you that I always felt this sort of positive gravitational pull about you maybe it's kind of like your job and all of that and you I guess you exude sort of this positive vibe but uh, I think over the years uh you know so we're connected on Facebook as you know uh and I think you know a lot of times there's prompts that say oh you know so-and-so's birthday is today wish them a happy Mm. birthday yes but for you I don't know there was something about you that was always like oh I'm curious how Cheyenne's doing I really want to wish him a happy birthday so I would like, oh. you know, wish you a happy birthday and see how you were doing. But just as an FYI, I don't do that with everybody. Just because Facebook prompts me does not mean I'm going to wish you a happy birthday. And, you know, it's true. It's, it's funny you say that because I do remember your birthday post, like happy birthday, Cheyenne. And like you had this commitment, you know, like this. Um, I, I, I could always rely on seeing your happy birthday post on my Facebook wall. So thank you for that. That is uh, it's an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But anyways, I'm so glad we're able to connect again, being so far apart from each other and us kind of doing our own thing. So it's nice to have you on our episode today. Um, so again, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about our authentic self and finding purpose in life. I think they go very much hand in hand with each other. So I, when I was kind of working through this episode, I was trying to figure out what being in authentic self is or how you define that and I had to google it and so I don't know if this is your definition of um, authentic self but on my end uh, when I think of being an authentic self it's really about being true to what I believe in and and what I want to do and I'll give an example so in my current job right now although I love my job Um, sometimes, a lot of times, actually, they're in the back of my mind. I'm always like, well, I'm very passionate about X, Y, and Z. I want to do that. But at the same time, I always think about, well, if I pursue that, am I able to sustain economically doing that job? 
So at the end of the day, it's always like, well, no, I want to help the greater good. Like, I think we, we've talked about it. We are people who want to serve others. But at the same time, it always comes back to, am I going to be able to provide for myself if I transitioned into doing this? So that's, that's how I, I guess, define my authentic self, like being true to myself, being true to what I believe in, following my gut, my intuition, I guess. Mm, got it. And it's interesting how, you know, you have a, a question, you know, it's, it's a bit of a question, it's a bit of a concern, like, am I going to be able to survive, sustain and, and thrive. And I think that's what's really cool about that definition. I really resonate with that as well. In my, in my heart of hearts, living our authentic self is just you know, following our intuition, being grounded during times of distress, and just following through with what promises we made with ourselves. It reminds me of, you know, when, when you're a child and you have dreams of, Hey, when I grow older, uh, I want to do this. I want to go visit this country, and I want to see these pyramids. I want to do this. I want to do that. And as we grow older, it's about maintaining that spark of wonderment or uh, wanderlust, and uh, and still holding that magic that's within ourselves. And there is a point in our lives, at some point, where we kind of lose it, or we can lose it. And that's where we have to make a decision. It's like, do I decide to continue um, pursuing what I feel strongly about? Or do I now uh, become, you know, quote unquote practical and just, um, you know, call it, call it in, call it a day or hang them up. And to me that, may that day never come (laughs) for any of us. But Mm -hmm. maybe that's why we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so difficult to, for for a lot of us, when we live in such a, a crazy society and such a fast paced society, we never get to stop and think about. I mean, I feel like the pandemic has gotten a lot of people to sit down and question what they want to do in life moving forward. But I feel like a lot of times we are just so caught up in what we do and just trying to get through our day to day lives that we don't sit down and really think about, is this what we are passionate about in life? Is this what we want to do in life um, because it's more so about surviving in this world. Yeah. And that's a funny thing, right? I, I was reading a post earlier today about like, isn't it funny how we have to work 60 hours um, in a week, you know, for, for many people uh, in a society where we have supercomputers and we have all these machineries and systems in place yet we have to work that much just to survive and pay our rent and bills. Mm-hmm. Something is not right here. And I think that's what you're touching upon. That issue of how can I sustain myself doing something that I truly love and uh, not have to worry about just the essentials. So there clearly is a disconnect in our society or the message our society is giving us. You know, we open the TV up, we watch the news, and immediately it's fear, fear, fear because... They all know fear sells. And it puts us in a state of survival mode. And when we're in a state of survival mode, we are no longer in a state of creativity. You know, our right brain thinking that creative uh, synapses, they're not functioning anymore. We're, we're, we're now stuck in a very low-level vibrational emotional state of fear. And when we're in a state of fear, 
there's absolutely no idea of creation coming from that. So I absolutely understand where you're coming from. It's like, you know, if I want to do, if I want to change the world, then how am I going to be able to do that if I'm not even able to, uh, you know, let's say pay my bills or even able to just, if my closet isn't clean, how am I supposed to go out and do all that good stuff outside my house? Mm-hmm. And there's a point that comes from here that firstly, uh, please don't, you know, watch the news 24 seven, uh, like not for you, but I know so many people that have just the CNN or Fox news just running on their television sets, you know, and I, and when I talk to those people, their frame of conversation is always in survival mode. It's always like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What are we going to do now? See, they got the vaccines out. Now we have to stay and stand in line with, did you get your vaccine yet? And it, mm-hmm. the funny part is after they get their vaccine, they're becoming even more paranoid. Yeah. Where they're like, I, I'm waiting for my second shot. <laughs> oh, and, and then after my second shot, well, we still have to double mask. And oh, you didn't get your shot yet, but wait a minute. So then, and I'm like thinking, wait, if you got your vaccine, shouldn't that make you more calm and relaxed knowing that, okay, now you're, you'll be all right. But for some odd reason, they keep on spiraling out even more and more. So clearly... I think the idea behind it all is understanding that our society is not set up in a way right now that is conducive to our mental health, mm-hmm. where there are many structures set in place that need to be uh, dismantled and and uh, rearranged so that we can function in um, creativity mode and not survival mode. You know, it, it all comes back down to that magic. You know, when you were a kid, right, wasn't there... TV shows, cartoons, things that you were looking forward to those Saturday mornings. Yep. You know, you, you're waiting the whole week. School, like, I can't wait to finish. Class is done after 3 o'clock. Now you're going home. You know those next two days are going to be amazing. And all you're working, thinking about is the, all the fun things going to do. But in our culture, I don't know. It just, the rite of passage is once you're 18... You go to college, after you're done college, you get your job, now you got your job, now you gotta you get married, you get your uh, 401k, and that's it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big blur. So um, I think the best way is for us to redefine it, for us to redefine our authentic self. Because I believe my definition will be something, yours will be something, but, and the irony of that is, is it has to be true to you. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's true to you, then we're on. You're on the right track. Right. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, I guess uh, just to tap into um, your history of, of things, just you know, I I know a bit of it, but I kind of want to share that with our listeners. How did you get to a place where I feel like when I speak to you, you're very much there. Like you know what your purpose is in life. This is what you want to do. How did you get yourself into that position? So it's, I had to become extremely uncomfortable. So I had to become comfortable with the idea of discomfort, firstly. Because it, it, it reminds me of, um, let's just say Star Wars. You know, like the idea of Star Wars is behind the arc of the hero. Um, mm-hmm. Just like in all of our lives, we are all heroes and heroines in our story. So I knew that I had a decision to make. And I remember going back to 
2012 when I started my first like my 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 first official uh, career oriented job right after finishing uh, college or university York University in Canada I moved here and I got a job in Silicon Valley at Cisco Systems you know like basically this is the cream of the crop like mm -hmm. I made it mom kind yeah. of thing and you know I'm working a good job I'm the youngest guy in my team I've got a lot of good responsibilities but at the same time it, they're not overworking me you know it's like a, I was I was happy but after three months I wasn't as happy because things became so monotonous and that's when I started sensing, like, wait a minute, the spark in me is not as, like, the curiosity, the wonderment. Like, what about all my hopes and dreams I had? I want to do this. I want to do that. Can I see myself doing this for the next, like, 30 years of my life? Mm -hmm. And the biggest, it was like this, this, this quelch, like, this, this energetic no came out from my chest. It was like, hell no. And, um. Yeah, I remember that day. I, it was three months in. I'm doing my job, and I'm now walking around the cubicles, and there was an employee. There's a guy sitting on his desk. He had a plaque that said 20 years employee, and his head was down. Like, he was just he was sitting on his desk, and his head was down on the table. And it was like a this, this dance of total defeat. Like, this guy looked like someone sucked his soul. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when I saw him, it, this voice in my head said, like, Cheyenne, you are never going to be that guy. Like, I will never forget that scene. And and that is when I said, okay, that's, you know what, I, I no way. And I, I kept digging deep within myself, and I started asking myself all those uncomfortable questions. Like, okay, what do I want to do? You know, mm -hmm. what, what are my strengths? And where, where do I see myself? And that's the funny thing, right? I mean, our school doesn't teach us any of this. No, it, definitely not. It doesn't even teach us how to do our taxes or yeah. you know, how to do the laundry for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I separate the whites from the colors? But uh, I think to answer your question, most simply put, that is the... That is the moment where I had to make a decision. Where I, in front of me, there are two paths. One path is I continue on this journey. Like there's, I'm, I'm, I'm safe here. I'm very safe in this job. I'm very secure. I'm mm -hmm. making good money, so I can just continue making my paycheck, and that's all. Like that's it. Or, or, I go on this other journey, which is, I continue to, def redefine myself. I continue to. Um, know who I am because I have an inkling I have a desire uh, for you know for this journey I have no idea what the hell I'm gonna do but what my heart's telling me the next step to take is you know what I want to be a therapist I like helping people I like talking to people and I can see myself doing that and I totally surrendered and I started to walk on this path so I had to make a lot of sacrifices in right. order to to do this and and enter a realm of a total unknown it was totally unknown to me mm -hmm. I think and I think that's the scary part right like when you I guess when you listen to yourself and what you want especially when you're in a state for example like like you mentioned you were in a job that was stable 
you were comfortable, right? And then now you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't love what I do anymore, but now I have to walk into this unknown. It's like so scary for a lot of people. Like I know for, for myself in particular, unknowns are scary. And a big part of my mental health struggle was the unknown piece because I didn't know what was happening to my body because I didn't know what was coming next. And I had to, to your point, I had to get to, into this very uncomfortable position to learn about myself in order for me to overcome what I was going through. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing about us, uh, us humans, right? We, we identify with the feeling of safety as, I mean, and secure. I mean, that is our essential feeling. We need to feel safe and secure to function at our best. However, if there is no uncomfortability, discomfort, then we won't ever grow. And we'll never know just how how our chops truly are so you have to make that decision and and many people right and i i completely understand for many people they continue they say you know what i could go on this route i do want to do this however my society tells me that i that i should stay on this path my parents' approval relies on this and all of that other stuff. Like, I have mm-hmm. to keep up with the Joneses. Like, there's this sense of, like, we are such, we're such social creatures that we're afraid of standing out. We are afraid mm-hmm. of sticking out, you know. Yep. There's studies done where they, they had planned eight people, you know, nine people out of ten people in a group to give wrong answers towards a questionnaire like if there were there was a board a blackboard and someone drew a line on the board and the the questioner asked the people hey like um is this a circle and nine of those planted subjects people raised their hands yes that's a circle the 10th person who was not in on this at first they were like puzzled like wait what what are they saying this that's the line guess what happened after a couple of seconds they put their hand up because <laughs> they didn't want to stick out <laughs> right isn't that wild right yeah. like, that's not a circle honey that's a line but because everyone else in the room says it's a circle or oh, i'm gonna say it's a circle because i'm afraid of sticking out yeah i feel like i'm that last guy <laughs> <laughs> hey many of us are trust me you're you're not different and uh but that's that's the journey of it that's what's going to take. There's going to be moments like that for all of us. That's when there was moments like that for me where I I had to go out on that route. And there was a voice telling me, it's like, Cheyenne, you got to do this. Cheyenne, you got to do this. And I, was, and I had this inner dialogue going on between with myself. It's very meta because I have brothers that are also in the tech space that are, you know, they're doing their thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're successful. And I come, you know, I'm a South Asian family. So for us... You know, parents being, you know, first generation, they were immigrants, came from Saudi Arabia over here. Right. Uh, For me to go out into the unknown, the total wilderness, you call it, of life, it was a very, Cheyenne, are you all right? Like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. How will you? And the biggest question was like, how will you survive? Like, how will you make it out? Like, how how are you going to do this? And I said, I have no idea, but all I know is I need to do this. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Both of us being people of color, um, our parents are are both immigrants as well. I feel like there's this sort of expectation that they want in their kids. Like, oh, you need to do this, you know, because 
because we we work so hard to to sacrifice our lives and wherever they're from to get to North America. And uh, to some degree, I, I know for on my end, I mean, I've been thankful that my parents have never been the type where they would sort of pressure me into going into something I didn't want to do or doing something I, I just didn't like. But I, I know a lot of immigrant parents, they pressure their kids to start working in a field that is seen as, you know, very prominent because um, they can boast about the fact that, oh, my kid is doing X, Y, and Z, right? You know, what is your kid doing? Um, so I feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially as children, uh, to the first generations to fulfill those achievements for our parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. And and our parents did work, they've worked their butt off to get us to, you know, to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's the interesting part, right? And there's an irony behind that. Because our parents came from a place of, it was a survival mode for them. You know, it, right. they had to make it out in a brand new country where English possibly was not even their first language, most mm-hmm. likely. And and now uh, we're, they're, they're in a completely different culture. So us growing up, you know, we are the guinea pigs. And we are now also taking in the principles of the country, the land, the soil that we're walking on. And it's interesting because being... You know, our parents came from a certain generation and now we're coming from a certain generation. I know there's like a concept of, you know, indigo children where after the 60s, there was, you know, a movement in, you know, flower power. A lot of people were going up against the big brother, mm-hmm. government, society and saying, you know, make peace, not war. And on a spiritual level, there was there's talk that many souls incarnated at that time to push back the, the the big brother movements what happened is i mean historically uh in the uh, during the days of atlantis which was a very ancient and um, advanced civilization the energy or the shift in consciousness c- came towards a very a patriarchal ener- energetic force and what happened is that patriarchy energy went into overdrive in what's you know created an imbalance before that, there was a matriarchy, matriarchal, um, like civilizations were more in a matriarchy before the Atlantean age. And, you know, you'd hear it in a time of Lemuria, which was very uh, feminine-based society. But now we're entering into a twin ray age, which is the balance of divine masculine with along with the divine feminine, so that we can come together towards creating a new golden era, a golden age working together and, and, and being balanced human beings and souls. So our generation is is like the continuation of that um, indigo children or the flower children. You know, we question authority. We question things. You know, mm-hmm. For us, you can't just tell us, like, you got to do this. Well, why? Well, it's because that's the way it is. But why? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've always done it this way. No, but Why? And it reminds me of a story of uh, of, of of meatloaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> there was a, yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. You get you get a crack out of this, and I'm sure it's gonna you know uh, wet your appetite. So there was a, a a daughter and her her mom, and mom is making meatloaf, and you know she's cutting out cutting up both sides, like the ends of the meatloaf. She cut up the one end, and she cut up the other end of the meatloaf. And the, the daughter asked, like, Mom, why did you cut up the ends of the meatloaf? Like, you cut the, the right side and you cut the piece at the left side. And you made the meatloaf a little smaller. Why did you do that? 
And the mom is like, well, that's how it's always been done. And then the daughter said, but, but why has that always been done? The mom was very perplexed. She's like, that's a good question. I don't know. I never questioned it. Mm-hmm. So she asked her mom. She asked grandma. Grandma said the same thing. Well, that's how it's always been done. And then when the girl pressured the grandma, like, but grandma, why? Grandma dug deep. And uh, she asked around her family, her sisters, and she got to the bottom of it. You know, the reason why they cut up the ends of the meatloaf is way up the line in the ancestry. Uh, Their oven of the great, 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 grandmother was so small that she had to cut the ends of the meatloaf oh my god inside <laughs> and that was that was the reason why yeah that's pretty <laughs> funny actually and very ironic <laughs> yeah it you is <laughs> yeah that's that's mm-hmm. so interesting i mean yeah i think in today's age it, like we do ask a lot about why things happen i feel like even like the younger generations, they are even more the ones that are like, why are we doing this? And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, they're just being rebellious. But really, it's more about understanding why things are done. Why is it this way for so long? And I've never been that type of person who ever asked why, quite honestly. I mean, in my mind, I would ask why. But I'm one of those people who very much conform to society. And I guess I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm a goody two-shoe, really. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> like a but teacher's yeah. pet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've never really, I've asked myself those questions in my head, but never voiced those like mm-hmm. questions or concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you. We live in a society of conformists. We we've been we've been programmed that way. You know, schools designed that way. The way I look at school is it's a mass institution. It's a conveyor belt of indoctrination. And then there are, you know, some good things in schooling system. Absolutely. However, it's like this. If, if youth compare the ability of a fish to climb a tree with a monkey, clearly the monkey will outperform the fish. The fish will feel, you know, like an idiot, like they're stupid. And that's what like, our school system is. It's, it's very generalized and it's about regurgitation of facts. I mean, I've never been a ma- good math student. I've been <laughs> a perennial C student in math. Uh, but I feel like I remember taking math one time in summer school. My math teacher was really cool. Like this guy had a way with teaching math. I was so impressed by his stuff that I got me motivated and inspired. And I got, I got an A in that class. Wow. You know, which to me is a miracle, but it goes to show you that, you know, George Carlin, an amazing, um, comedian, um, you know, rest in peace. He said something really smart. He said, our, our society wants you to be smart enough to follow orders, but not question them. You know, like you can follow the orders were given to you, like, but don't be questioning why. Mm-hmm. And it's all because, you know, that think about it right in school like even if you have to go to the bathroom you have to put your hands up can i go to the bathroom can i you know even if the period ends remember like you know how in movies whenever the bell rings kids just run out the classroom yeah did that ever happen in canada yeah i'm assuming so when uh, when school ended or when recess the recess bell rang off well i have had in my experiences like my teacher would be like guys no no stay put stay put you can't go until i say so 
they were like <laughs> yeah and i'm thinking like what are you teaching us here like i this is like prison so yeah i'm just very i've become very jaded by the whole system fair it's not it's not there to like what if school was hey guys what are, what do you like to do you know what 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 insp- you like you like drawing you like art okay go for it what about you what do you like to do billy Oh, you like to make things? Okay, we're going to put you in that class. You're going to start making more things, Billy, and we're going to set you up with somebody that does that. And um, and maybe, uh, what about you, Stephanie? Oh, you like to talk and debate and, 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 and solve issues? Okay, we're going to set you up there. So, I mean, hey, it's never too late to question things. And yeah. think of this way, right? Like my nephew, this guy is eight years old. But this kid, my God, he's a prophet. He will ask me sometimes, and this is when we know that we're running a program or we're conforming to something kind of like the meatloaf story. Mm-hmm. There'll be times when I'll be like telling him something. And he's like, why? But why is that? And I'm like, well, but, you know, that's that's just the way it is. And, but he's like, well, why? And then I think I'm like, damn, this kid's right. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, but yeah, like. I think just in general, in the, in the society that we live in, um, we are we conform. Like like you said, I think we we just have a natural tendency to to conform, and uh, and that is really difficult, especially when you're trying to find yourself, um, trying to find the real you, the per- mm. your purpose in life, and, and getting to that state. So, uh, I guess from the therapist standpoint, or someone who's gone through sort of discovering your purpose in life. What are your suggestions as to how you get started? Like, you're in a state where you're like, well, I don't know what to do with my life anymore. Like, I'm just going to work, you know, from nine to five, I get off work, I have to do X, Y, and Z, I go to bed, and I pretty much do that same cycle all over again. Like, how do I get myself into a position where I I can start that journey? Create the momentum, yeah. Honestly, the first step is like, it's like, you know, in Matrix, Neo is given two choices by Morpheus. He's either you can take the red pill, which will open your eyes to the truth. It will be very uncomfortable. It's going to open you up. It's going to be very uh, disheartening to know about a lot of things you thought were the way they were, but you figure out the, the reality behind them. Or you take the blue pill and it'll be like a dream where everything is is, is the usual. So... As we know, Neo took the red pill. He knew actually that. never watched Matrix, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, I basically gave you the crux of it. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but it, it it's a very um, like you know, like you said earlier, right? Like I I'm the kind of person that even if if I have a question or if I want to question it, I might I just might not question. I just be like, all right, I'll take it at face value. Like sure, you know I whatever there's whatever i've been told like it's okay i mean i'll I'll go for it with it for me that's how i was too for for a long time i was i was okay with conforming or i was like all right sure like i I guess because in my heart of hearts i was thinking society is the way i am and the way i am is very altruistic like i want what's best for others so clearly Mm -hmm. if if someone else is telling me to do this it's because they know what's best for me but but boy was i wrong I mean, not everyone is like your mom and dad. Not everyone wants what's the best for you. Yeah. You know, people have their own agendas. People have a lot of things going on. So you, rather than being a victim, I decided to, I know I'm, I'm a volunteer. I know that I have the power in my hands. So 
I had to enable myself to become uncomfortable. I had to dig deep within my emotions. And, and at first, I was very upset. I, there was this sense of anger. And you'll probably notice this, Nancy. You know, you'll see on the news where this guy, a husband, nice guy, or, uh, ended up killing his whole family or... You know, a regular mom, she ended up, you know, drowning her kids in the tub. Mm -hmm. It's like there is so much anger in in people that are just going through their daily motions and, and accepting everything that they're given, like a nice little blue pill. Mm -hmm. So the first step is, is you got to dig deep within your within yourself. And go down to the uncomfortable, nitty-gritty places. The places you don't even want to see in yourself. But you have to go. You have to confront the beast. Because mm -hmm. that beast will set you free. It, it, it really is like that. You, it, It's like in the never-ending story. Where the, the, main, the main person has to confront the beast. And after he confronts the beast... You know, he almost dies, but he ends up killing the beast. But after killing the beast is when he saved the whole, his whole world. So you have to, you have to face your emotions. And a lot of times you'll notice, right? You'll see people on the street. It's like a brain dead zombie. It's like they're, 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 they're running script. Like, wait, wait, Cheyenne. But, you know, we're told to get the, the second, uh, we have to get the vaccines right now. We have to do this right now. We have to do that right now. Because that's what we're told, you know, we, we, if we don't, we're going to die. I'm like, really, you're going to die? Uh, and I'm talking, this could relate to anything in life. If fear is our motivator, my God, that's not a good program we're running because now we're in survival mode. So we have to flip the script on society. We have to take our power back. You know, because the way we're taught is we have to give away our power to just to just to listen, to conform, because, you know, our 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 society knows what's best for us. You know, our parents or teachers or whatever, doctor, they all doctors, they all know what's best for us. Why do we always have to rely on others? Why can't we ever rely on ourselves? You know, why can't we ever trust ourselves? Why aren't we ever taught like, wait, listen to your heart, listen to your intuition. That is where you find the answer. And any philosopher, any poet, any person of wisdom, you'll see their crux, their message of, of the truth is you already know the truth. You already know it in your heart. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You know, we have unwritten rules in society. We know that it's wrong to kill somebody. We know that it's wrong to just spit in front of somebody or even if we're spitting on the floor. We know that it's not right. Like, that's just wrong. We have an internal conscious, conscious in us. But we've been taught and trained to become zombies. So we have to wake up. And I think the simplest way is that like, we have to, the way we wake up is we have to face our emotions. We cannot be on just a, you know, like every day I'm happy. Today I'm happy. Today I'm happy. Today I'm happy. Happiness is a fleeting state. You know, happy. Like what is? What does it mean to be happy? You know, mm -hmm. happiness is. It's something. What's better than that? Is gratitude. Just knowing that hey, shit's there's darkness all around us. I mean, shit can happen at any moment. Like tonight, tomorrow, anything can happen. But am I still grateful for it? That will be the feel for your uncomfortable journey of self-discovery mm -hmm. as you enter the unknown. 
Yeah, that's um, that's a really good point. I was thinking about you know you're 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 saying go with your intuition, uh, and all that. On my end, I was thinking like you know people who rebel, or like mm. you know to your point, like you were saying, you have a moral. I guess to some degree, you have a conscience, like I guess a moral compass in you, mm. and. I was like, wait, are you, for a second, I was like, are you telling people, so are you saying that people who kill people or like who are rebellious, um, they, they might be following their instincts or their gut. Are you saying those people are, what they're doing is right? I say, I say that if we don't have any sense of rebellion or questioning, it's and rebellion, not in the, in the breath of, oh, I'm not going to do this. It's more so. Well, I'm open to any suggestions you have, any ideas you have. And if there's something in me that wants to question it, then I'm able to speak up and question why. And I'm not afraid to, to vocalize. And I'm not afraid of uh, confrontation either. Confrontation does not mean we have to drop our gloves and just you know go straight Compton mode on each other. Mm-hmm. But we ha- we're able to have a dialogue. You know, we're able to... I mean, we look at the uh, all these. I mean, it's it's silly in America, right? I mean, there is a I, where I live. There's certain pockets, certain neighborhoods around in California where it, just by wearing a certain color uh, on a T-shirt, it's uh, you can you can die. So mm-hmm. then you ask yourself, like, who started this? Where did this come from? So the, this rebellion is not about the idea of just, you know, screw society, uh, it's anarchy. This rebellion is about our own valuing our own consciousness, our own truth. It's knowing that if I don't agree with something that you're saying, then we're able to, to have a dialogue on why. We can agree to disagree. And even if I don't agree with you, I'm not going to harass you. And neither am I going to you know, lie to you and say, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not going to deceive you either. It's, once again, it's about being authentic to ourselves. So the rebellion here is about knowing if you don't believe in something, if someone's telling you, like, you know, the sky is blue, the sky is red, but, you know, in your heart of hearts, the sky is blue, mm-hmm. that it will be an act of rebellion in a society that believes the sky is red when you believe it's blue. So that could think about all these debates we have. I mean, in America, we have once again uh, people about that are pro-life, people that are pro-guns, people that are, you, you name it. You know, you name it. My mm-hmm. my only stance on all this is is, I mean, you think about even like the idea of drugs, right? People talk about like you think about now with the research coming out certain types of entheogens that in, in, in clinical settings can have healing effects as compared to pharmaceutical drugs. I mean, how conditioned have we become that, you know, we go to the doctor and the doctor just tells us, take this pill, take that pill. Like when did that change? And I believe that Hippocratic oath changed about 300 years ago when the big pharma industry capitalized on the idea of making profits into the the neighborhood of of medicine modern medicine Mm -hmm. you know why aren't we hearing on the news guys take your vitamin c take your vitamin b's you know take the eat these herbs take eat these fruits and vegetables when i'm watching the news and i see an ad for pepsi or arby's or mcdonald's clearly that sparks 
the rebellious nature in me to to question why is this happening because this just does not add up mm-hmm. you know yeah but i must say when you did mention mcdonald's i got really hungry so <laughs> i don't blame you that filet of fish still gets to me to this day yeah. <laughs> I mean, i'll eat it once in a while but boy oh boy yeah yeah that's no i'm glad you sort of clarified that um uh, so let's take a different stance. Uh, I know we talked about a lot about society. So when we think about finding our true selves, a lot of times we're influenced by our relationships with people. And mm. I can say, as I went through my mental health journey, I started to reevaluate some of the relationships that I had with certain people in my life. And mm. I, I'm like one of those people who have a hard time letting go of relationships. And I've learned that through speaking with my therapist, even though knowingly I know they are negatively affecting me. Mm. But being the type of person that I am, I'm always clinging on to those relationships because, you know, we've had a history for so long and you don't want to let that go. Mm. How do you, I guess, navigate in those situations when you are trying to find your authentic self, but you're very much influenced by the relationships that you have with certain people in your life? Hmm. Well, when it comes to those people that are, that have other beliefs as I do, that are really like fundamentally for me that I don't agree with on an intuitive level, then that's the time where you have to start cutting cords and it's very easy to get sucked into another person's energy. And some people are energy vampires. Some people will try to get you down to that level of that they're at. Because the, the funny thing is, right, it's easier for somebody to bring you down than to elevate to come to the, the higher level that you're striving towards. Like, for instance, if you're with friends, and, you know, that, that have been your childhood friends, but now... You know, you want to, you're ambitious, you want to, you want to, you want to grow spiritually, physically, financially, uh, and you're getting there. And let's say, for instance, one of those friends you're with is in their lower level vibrational, like energy, they're in a state of fear, and they see you evolving, their natural reaction, and this is the the God's honest truth, it hurts, but this is how they're going to react is that. it'll be easier for them to to, to make a remark like, oh, are you sure that's going to last that long? Are you sure this is it? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, but what if that happens, that happens? And they're doing it because it's easier for them. And it's not about you. It's about them. It's easier for them to to bring you down to their level than to elevate and strive towards what you're doing because they're just afraid of, of change and discomfort. So you now have to make that decision. Do I choose to be with this person now like is it better for me to stick with this person or do i just slowly slowly cut the cord and like and 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 say goodbye and Mm -hmm. naturally like attracts like you are the average of five of your closest friends if you want to see where you're at just look around your friend circle and if you have inspiring friends you're gonna want to do inspiring things but if you're around friends that are you know, they're, they're pretty happy where they're at and they don't want to do much with their life. That's what's right. going to happen to you. So you have to make that decision. You have to honor yourself, by the way. It's not even a... So one thing that I'll never forget is someone very wise told me this. You know, another psychotherapist, she said, 
if you keep saying yes to others, then along the way and quite often you're going to be saying no to yourself. You have so true. to. Yeah. And it comes down to that realm of people pleasing or, you know, doing a lot of favors, even if it cuts into your own time. So you have to you have to be so like you have to look at yourself and like look at that person in the mirror and be like, wow, like this is a soul. This is there's a soul inside this body. There is energy. There is so much happening within this 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 vessel that I'm seeing that it's amazing. I mean, when we realize just how amazing we are, uh how can I not honor this vessel? How can I not? How how can I not want to? And if there's ever a person entering my space who is taking that away, that that grandness from my image, I'm sorry, but bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be a savage. That's I always tell this to the people that are asking, like my clients, like I'm like you have to be a savage, and and you know. In our society today, we have like you know everyone has their own thing. Like women, like I'm a I'm a boss bitch, or guys like I I'm an alpha male, or I'm this I'm I'm a boss. It's all about like I'm a savage. Being a savage just means honoring who you are. And if somebody's there that's just not on that same level, then it's okay. We're living in a place of abundance. This world is very abundant. The moment you cut that cord and let that person go. You've opened up and created space now in your energy field that allows you for more opportunities for even for a much better vibrational match for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's just, uh, and to your point, there's an energy thing. Like, I feel like because you are a quantum energy healer, you, you definitely feel a lot of that. But even for myself, um, I, I'm very much someone who thrives on people's energy. And I feel like I have that intuition as well when I feel I can sense that someone's not feeling so great or they have that negative vibe. And it's so interesting that you say that it's, you know, really, you really need to cut those people out of your lives because they're not serving yeah. you any purpose for you to get to where you want to be in life. Girl, hell no. And, and think of this way, right? When you're an empath, when you're a good person, you exude good energy, you, you're basically a beacon of light. And when, and as you know, light attracts uh, like. flies <laughs> yeah. or light. Well, light <laughs> attracts light. Yes, for sure. But like when you're at light, that's going to oh, attract, okay. you know, the other uh, kind of like a lot of other things like, mm-hmm. like bugs, you know, how they go straight into that light. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I know I, I, some people are like that. They're like, uh, they're energy vampires. They, they see your light and they will try to do anything in their power to get as much as they can. Cause a giver will always attract a, re- a, a receiver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, those are the people. Now you have to become aware because it all starts with listening to your internal dialogue. When you're with a person, right? Think about this. How do you feel after? How do you feel when you're with them? Just listen to that. If there's somebody that, you know, you know you're talking to them, you know, even if they're being nice to you, saying all the nice things, mm-hmm. uh, but something in your heart says, like, you know, I don't know, there's something off about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's what you got to lean into. Yeah. And the more you listen to yourself the more accurate your BS radar becomes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You will know a mile away if a person is legit or not. Because 
authenticity, yes, attracts authenticity. And fakeness will attract fakeness. Mm-hmm. It's a very good yeah. point when you just said that. I was thinking when you said fakeness attracts fakeness, I was thinking a lot about reality TV. <laughs> oh, God, me too. Kardashians <laughs> were hitting my mind on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, well. that's uh, some very, very good points, Cheyenne. I know we've talked a lot today and, and thank you for sharing so much about your perspective um, around authenticity and finding yourself. I guess one I guess one last thing I wanted to touch on is besides the fact that you had mentioned in order to start your journey is to really dig deep in yourself and recognize some of those emotions. But what are some of the other things? I know you talk about gratitude a lot. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that and how we kind of practice on a day-to-day basis with yeah. gratitude. You know Great question. Like gratitude is, if you look at all the research, you look at all even the the writing, the scriptures, and the quotes. I have probably read so many. I can't. I can't put a number on it. But from if I was to bring it all together, all my research, fundamentally, it said one thing that was a universal truth: that gratitude is the highest state of 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 prayer. Of, of helping us go through the tough times. When we are grateful, then any difficulty becomes so much more digestible. We know that it'll be all right. And, and then it creates a shift in us. You know, there's, for example, there's a story of a family crossing the border and, um, they asked the border officer, like, hey, what's this new town like? The border officer asked them, well, how was your old town? And they say, oh, it was, it was horrible. You know, the food tasted bad and, you know, the mail was always late and uh, people were mean. Then the officer tells them, well, this town's, this new town is also going to be really bad. Now that family crossed the border. Another family is now on their way crossing the border, asked the officer the same question, and the officer asked them back the same question. What was your old town like? And they say, it was amazing. You know, the people were nice. The food tasted great. The meal was always on time. And the officer tells them, well, this new town is also going to be awesome. Both families, completely different experiences, going into the same town. And the reason, the, the, the difference between both was... You know, that other family, they were grateful. And, and when you're grateful, it just opens you up. And if we look into the, the broad spectrum of energy of our, like their lowest state is fear and the highest state is joy. You know, when you look at a child, the child is in a state of joy. They're just happy. They'd be alive. They, well, they're just happy. They're, they're excited. My God, if I look at my nephew, I feel like that's how I would look if I was on crack. Like this guy... <laughs> I'm telling you, he is off the rails, but he is so full of life and joy and always happy. My jumping around, my God. I'm like, dude, you are a walking shot of heroin or whatever you are. Like, just any type of drug you think of, like, he is so happy. He is so happy. And it's all because. He's showing us what it's like to be living in your full potential, that, that joy, even if times are tough. Like, I'll tell you, there was times in my journey when things were so tough and difficult. I was in the thick of it. I was in the unknown. I had no idea. I, it felt like I was in the middle of a dark ocean in the middle of the night in a thunderstorm. And, and my boat's about to sink or just go overboard. But I was grateful. 
I remember those days where even if I was able to to do one little thing, I said, you know, whatever higher power we believe in, spirit, I said, you know, God, spirit, thank you, um, allowing me to live another day. And because I know that I don't have all the answers, but I do know that there's a purpose I have on this earth. And, you know, like I had that near-death experience five years ago, I almost drowned. And it's funny, in that moment, I saw a light, and that light asked me a question, you know, Cheyenne, have you helped enough people? So that that's always been my North Star, that question, like, have I helped enough people? And I want you, Nancy, and anyone listening to this, to dig deep into themselves and ask, you know, what is my North Star? What is my defining question in life for me it's like have i helped enough people like have i done enough of of service you know it's service and we feel better when we we do something for someone else you know there's studies i've shown when we buy gifts for other people it makes us more happier than when we buy for ourselves and it's got to be something bigger than yourself you know that's what's going to get you through your journey for me it was always that aspect that i know one day one day will come where people will actually want to listen to me <laughs> or pe- people will value my time, my yeah. voice and, and, and be like, wow, like he did it so I can do it too. So I want you to know, like I, I fought tooth and nail, but the way it got me through was I was grateful and I knew that it was something bigger than me. And that's what got me through it. And you know, the journey never ends, the journey never ends. But along the way, what we do have the power is, how grateful we are for it because man what a time to be alive what a time mm-hmm. you know we're living in a beautiful planet it's full it's filled with beauty trees water uh, animals clouds like you know what's funny nancy i'll tell you one quick little thing outside my place i have a lot of seagulls right and and and, and there's crows and they whenever i i like to give them food too you know i now I have two ducks outside my house. <laughs> the, the, these ducks, I'm telling you, they there's like two times of the day they're there. Once in the morning and once an hour before the sun sets. And both of those ducks are standing right underneath the tree outside of my place. And when I look at them, psychically, I can feel, I can tell they're like telling me like, yo, we're waiting for our food, bro. <laughs> like we we've been told we've been notified that you're that dude that gives us some like you know birds some food so we're out here we we're waiting for you and this right here is the greatest message of inspiration that an animal is telling me and, and us these ducks not speaking a word of english they have no idea even that if like they've just heard you know but they're there they have so much trust they're standing outside there under the tree, wait. For, sometimes these guys are waiting there for like hours. But when I a thought comes into my head, I look out my window, I see them. Intuitively, I go out, I give some food, and then other birds and even join in. There's so much surrender. There is so much trust in their hearts. Like they're so fully, divinely attuned to the unknown. The things, the same thing that we're so frightened of. But look how they're embracing it. That. It allows it, it it alchemizes everything. It shifts my energy. Holy crap! Like you guys are totally surrendered, and but it works. Gratitude is. I know when we've talked initially, um, it's definitely something I personally need to work on. Learning how to practice gratitude on a regular basis. I mean, I'm somebody who appreciates the little things in life. 
but I don't think I'm at the state that you're in, um, but I'm going to continue getting there. But thank you so much, Cheyenne. You shared some really, really good suggestions and tips, some really wise things on your end. Um, if someone wants to connect with you, I know we haven't really touched about the quantum um, energy healer piece, but I think that's so interesting. But if anybody wants to connect with you, because you are a therapist as well, is there a website that they can reach you at? Yeah, uh, CheyenneMahadi.com. Uh, you can find me on the website. I, I have an Instagram account, um, Soul Mentor Cheyenne, and um, you can find me there. Put my name up, you'll find me. And uh, something you said earlier, I just want to, you said you're still working on it. I say the, the easiest way to start is just remember to take a deep breath because we have our breath and just think about three things that are right now around you that you're grateful for at this present moment. And yeah, really connect with that. And that'll just start your journey. It's all about training the mind and training the heart. I mean, the heart already knows, sorry, that it's about the mind that we have to train. So yeah, um, I'm very grateful. I know for to have this time spent with you, Nancy, I think you're, uh, it's a great topic and I'm very grateful for uh, you showing up. Yeah, likewise, I think when you said at that moment, think about three things, I just thought about how grateful I am to have you um, and to have this session that we're in together right now recording. Yeah, just super grateful for that. So we will leave uh, a link to your your webpage um, as well as your Instagram account as well in our description. Again, thank you so much, Cheyenne. I really appreciate you being on the pod today. To our listeners, again, remember to be kind to yourself. Always be courageous, and we'll chat with you guys next time. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.